called The Wedding. And uh, we began last week uh, looking at that. We kind of set that up. What we're doing is we're looking at the Jewish wedding. The Jewish wedding is rich. The Jewish wedding, uh, it is a picture, a word picture of, of our relationship with Christ. Our relationship with Christ through his son, Jesus Christ. The wedding that takes place when you give your life to Christ is a beautiful picture, all laid out in Scripture, and the Jewish wedding is a beautiful picture of that. And we started last week with the betrothal stage, and that's where the, it's kind of like the engagement stage with us. And, and so we looked at some aspects of that. We looked at the fact that there's a contract uh, that is drawn up, presented to the father of the bride. The father of the bride must accept that contract. Then the bride must take the wine or cup of wine and drink that. That is the cup of acceptance. And, and, and then she's given gifts by the groom. Okay, Part of that gifts or some of the gifts is perfumes and oils that she later after the groom leaves uh, to go back and do what we're, we, we talked about. Uh, he leaves and she takes a bath. She takes a warm bath and puts on the oil and perfumes. That for us is the baptism, is the water baptism, okay? And so the groom at this point, uh, the bridegroom leaves the bride and goes to prepare a place for them, kind of like a, like a love chamber or the honeymoon, honeymoon suite, okay? Goes and prepares that. That is not just anywhere, okay, but it is connected to the Father's house, okay, it is connected to the Father's house. And so we kind of left it right there. And some of you are like, man, that's really cool. So he goes and prepares that place. But what is she doing? That's a beautiful question because we're going to go there today. I want to look just for a little bit. Go to John chapter 14. It's kind of where we left last week. And I, I, we kind of need to go there so we transition real well into this one. So this is the wedding phase that we're looking at today. Okay. And beginning of that is the, 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 the cup of acceptance has been drank, okay? The gifts have been given. She takes the bath. He leaves. Now, understand something. Un, unlike our engagements where the couple sees each other a lot every day, almost every minute, okay, until that wedding, they, do, they don't see each other. They don't see each other at all, okay? Zero, okay? At all. Okay, he's preparing the place for them. She, I won't give it away, but she's got work to do. We'll look at it, okay? So, so I want you to look at John chapter 14. Now understand, this is Jesus speaking. Jesus speaking, okay? John chapter 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me, that in my Father's house, catch that, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Understand something. Even Jesus doesn't know 
when he's coming. Okay? See, too many times we think that Jesus knows. Where is Jesus at this point? Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. He says, I only know what the Father tells me. I only know what the Father tells me. So Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Okay, He does not know when his Father is going to say to his son Jesus that bore his sins on that cross, that took our place. He doesn't know. He just knows that what he did on the cross was what God commanded him to do. He does not know when the time comes to come get the bride. Doesn't know. Just like in the Jewish wedding, the bridegroom prepares the place, the honeymoon suite, the chamber, the love chamber. He doesn't know. Doesn't know. Okay? I want you to picture that for a little bit because I, I, I don't know about you, but I, somewhere in this American psychic, we, we, we're, not, we're not in the Bible here, even though we're in the Bible belt. We have this, this idea sometimes, and it's not, it's not right. We, we live in a way that doesn't line up with Scripture. It doesn't even, it's not even defined by Scripture. Our minds are so much on this earth, and it's not heavenly. And we see stuff, and it infuriates us and makes us mad because we're not heavenly-minded. We're earthly-minded. Man, listen to me. You've got to understand something. You Me, if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, there has been a wedding. We are married to Jesus. God the Father is overseeing everything in our life. Nothing gets to me, and that's just been filtered through Jesus. Nothing. There's no problem too big for my God because Jesus said, my kid can handle this, and if he can't handle it, when he dies, I'm going to power through him and conquer that in him. Too many times, maybe we oh, my God, my life is terrible. Welcome to the country club, man. I mean, hello. Who, I mean, you got problems. And I'm not trying to belittle problems. I'm not saying they're not important. They're not big deal, and they're not wearing you out. They are. But too many times, man, we, we are too earthly good to be any good in heaven. We got, we got to understand that this world is not feeding us, man. This world is not our home. We are passing through. We have got a home in heaven made by the king. Made by the king. The bridegroom, just like Jesus himself, does not return until the father says it's time. Until he says it's time. Once you look at number two, number two is simply this, making herself ready. See, people came up to me after the, last Sunday and said, that's really cool. So the bridegroom is making the love chamber. Mm-hmm. So what is she doing? Oh, man, what she doing is rich. What she is doing is rich. First of all, I want you to picture something. You just got engaged, okay? 
A bride, when she gets engaged, is more giddy up and excited than you've ever seen in your life. Now, I want you to picture some things. The bride, from this point on, all she can think about is the wedding. Am I wrong? All she can think about is the wedding. I'm telling you, she's eating grass and leaves and sticks. I mean, she goes out to eat. And the waiter brings the bill, and it's like 75 cents. You know, a couple of carrots, some celery, some water. And they're like, what do you, how do you tip for 75 cents? I mean, that's how they eat. That's what they do. It's tanning beds. It's biceps for Jesus. They work out. It's, I mean, they're running. It's snowing. They don't care. It's sleeting. They're like, I'm running. Man, because when that door is open up back there. They're in an eye on the place on that cat. He doesn't even exist. He's just there for decoration. How many guys, are we not there for decoration? Nobody cares what we wear. They don't. Hey, what's, what did the groom wear? They never ask what I wear. They never ask what we wear. Does, does a groom ever picture his tux on Facebook? Mm-mm. <laughs> Do you ever see the dad? And, and, the, and the groom going shopping, son, oh, mm, that is the one. <laughs> Come on, man. Brett, do you want me to do that? You, no. There's no way. He will live with Coach Thomas forever. God, I'm telling you, he does not want me to. That's not what we do. But I'm telling you, moms and daughters will drive miles, miles. And if they run out of gas, before they get a walk, the rest, come on, honey, it's worth it. They'll walk. They'll walk. They're picking out the dress. she got the tan. They do the, the eyes, the makeup. I mean, I do a lot of weddings. I go in to see the guys. I'm like, what's up, man? They're playing Nintendo, Xbox, just chilling, got pretzels, popcorn. I mean, it's like an hour before the wedding. They're like chilling out. I go in there, and I tap on the door for the girls just to say hi. And they're like, wait, wait, wait. All right, and so I'm like, okay. So I get clearance, and I open the door, and oh, Lord, help. <laughs> I don't even know what carpet. I mean, it's just, a, it's just like a, what? they ain't been there but two hours. I'm like, what in the world are y'all doing? I mean, curling iron, maybe 90 curling iron, and hair dryers. I mean, the energy, I mean, that thing's about to smoke outside. I mean, XL's going to come shut them down. I mean, it's just crazy, man. I mean, makeup, hairspray, they're, they're sharing stuff. It's, it's messy, all kind of stuff. And girls, they're all like, ah, you can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you. They're screaming. Guys haven't seen each other in 10 years. What's up, man? Good. How the kids? Good. What you been doing? Hunting. All right, cool. All right, see you next 10 years. All right. I mean, that's it. Girls ain't seen each other in 10 minutes, and they just have a fit. Ah! You're screaming and stuff. I mean, that's just girls. If a guy ever greets you like that, you, do you need counseling? <laughs> we don't. That's off sides. I'm thought, no. Mark, 10 yards, back up. I mean, that's just crazy. But that's what they do. I mean, the girls, the, I never met a bride. I mean, can you picture this? Groom calls the bride. Hey, babe, what you been doing? Oh, just hanging out on the couch, eating Twinkies, cheese Doritos, got some Dr. Pepper, Twinkies. How, been eating Twinkies? Mm-hmm. How, how many? Oh, about a box. Box. 
That's like six this week and 11 bags of cheese Doritos. Mm, can't wait to see you, all of you. <laughs> I mean, they don't do that, do they? No, they don't do that. That's, that's not what they do. They get ready for the wedding. They get ready for their groom. They get ready to see him. They get ready for those doors to open and every eye in the house is on her. Every one of them. And when she comes down that aisle, man, I'm just telling you right now, there's never a moment like that. Never. Never. But too many times for us, we know that's what's happening. We know, man, that we're, we're saved, we're born again. We know that Jesus is preparing a place for us according to Scripture. We know there's going to be a wedding someday. Either, either we breathe our last breath and we die here, and then the wedding takes place there, or he comes back to get us. But can I ask you something? As believers, what's your diet like? You going to tanning beds? You getting ready? Because too many times I meet people, they just get saved. They don't care about growing. They don't care about getting ready for the, for the bridegroom when he comes. They don't care. It's not important. They got the, oh, I'm saved. I'm good. I'm fire and I'm, I'm good. I'm going to live like hell and expect heaven. Doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. If that's all he died for, I mean, seriously, you think that's what he died for? You think that's why he's doing what he's doing? You think that's why he left this? You think that's what he wants from his, from his bride? No. And I'm talking about the bride individually, but what about the church? Is the church ready today for the return of the bridegroom? He, let, just ask yourself. Some of you have told me, some of the worst things you've ever seen you saw in church. Why? We're the bride of Christ. It's our wedding day. He's coming back to get the church. Is the church ready? Is the, does the church look like it's ready? Does the church act like it's ready? Does the church operate like they're expecting his return? Or does the church act like it's all about me? I'll do what I want to do. I'll when I want to do it, how I want to do it, nobody tells me what to do. I'll eat Twinkies, I'll eat Doritos, and I'll drink a bunch of Dr. Pepper because it doesn't matter. It does matter because we are the bride of Christ. We individually are the bride, and the church is the bride of Christ. Are you getting ready for your wedding day? Do you live your life like you're going to meet the bridegroom? The Bible tells us that nobody, nobody, nobody knows. So every single day, my friend, every breath I take could be the last breath I get. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Everything. Are you ready? The gifts that she receives from the groom are not for selfish purposes. They're not. The gifts that we get at salvation, the free gift that Paxton talked about, grace, the free gift of salvation is not for selfish purposes. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for selfish purposes. They're for building up and magnifying the kingdom of God. 
If you're born again today, you have a gift, a spiritual gift. Are you using them to maximize the kingdom? Are you puffing yourself up, wanting man's approval, man's clapping? No. You surrender your gift to God, and may he exalt himself through your gifts. The gift of God is, of salvation is a free gift. Why does he give us salvation? Well, number one, he gives it to us because he loves us. But he gives it to us, number two, so that we might take the gift that we've been given and the story of our life and that we might stand and sing that story of how he took us from that mud and that mire and that mess and he saved us and he put a new song in us, a song, a hymn, a praise to our God. And many will hear and many will see and many will put their faith in him. Is your gift, are you sitting on your gift? Are you walking out there singing that gift? You say, well, I don't have anybody to tell it to. (laughs) Yeah, you do. And if you don't, say this dangerous prayer every morning. God, send me someone today that I can tell my story to. Send me someone today that needs to know a reason for the hope that lives in me. You better get ready. Because they're going to come out of rear. And then we're going to have to be responsible to that which we've committed to him. And that is to tell our story. The whole time the bride, the whole time the bridegroom is away, the bride herself is constantly reordering her life for his return. That's all she thinks about. Every single second of the day. The bride is reordering her life for his return. Remember, she does not know when. Does not know when. So you're like, well, this week he's not coming, so Twinkies are definitely my reward. That'll be the week he comes. All right? I mean, it's just like driving. That little cop sitting there at that 55 is not going to be there, so I'm not going to get off my cruise, and I'm just going to stay right through 75. Lila Lake, 287. Never seen one there. I have to slow down every time. Y'all like me? Drives me crazy. Think of four houses that I've seen. I've counted them. All right? I slow down every time, and there's never anybody there. Okay? The time I don't slow down, he'll be there. The time I'm not ready, he's coming. Be ready, because we don't know the hour or the second that the bridegroom is coming. Jeremiah 15, 16 says this, when your words came to me, I ate them, and they brought life to me. Is that true for you? That's the bride's appetite right there. Not when the Twinkie came, I ate them. Okay, when your words came to me, when your words came to me, I ate them. James 1.22 says we must be doers of the word, not just hearers only. The bride must take the word and, and, and be able to live that word out because everything that she does, she does, man, is for the bridegroom who's coming. Are you ready to meet the bridegroom? Are you living every day expecting his return every day anticipating the return every day are you ready to meet him that's how you gotta live it that's how you gotta live it 
Point three is this. Coming for the bride. Coming for the bride. Mmm. That's what it sounds like. And that hair that stood on your arm, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's what it sounds like. They blow a ram's horn, the shofar. They blow that when it's time to come. Sometimes in the Word it says that it'll come like a loud noise in the night. But what they do is the bridegroom's working, 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 working. And finally the father says, son, it's time. It's time. Go get your bride. And as the wedding party begins to leave, the shofar is sounded. And that's all you hear in the night. That's all you hear. I'm going to tell you something. There may be dogs barking. There may be cars running. But that bride, that's all she hears. She knows. She, she, she's every single day she's waiting to hear that. Every single day. The wedding party makes its way down the street. The shafar has blown. And here they come to get the bride. Here they come. I, I've been in the rooms of many people that have passed away. And you'll hear people say, I hear singing. Mm, I hear singing. And then sometimes they'll have conversation. Some of you may have been there. They start talking. And nobody in the room they're talking to. They're talking to angels, the wedding party, talking to Jesus. They're seeing some loved ones, those who've gone before. Mm. I'm telling you, I sat there, woo, and you could see, oh, my gosh, their face. They may not have smiled in two weeks. They may be just suffering. But I'm telling you, there's a glow about them. There's, there's just this feel about it. And I mean, they're about to ride in to eternity. They heard the shofar. Nobody else heard it, but they heard it, and there's no turning back. All their lives have been spent waiting for that, waiting for that, waiting for that call, waiting for that wedding party. The bridegroom's coming. The father's got the room ready, and they're coming. Listen to me, man. You say, well, that's just a Jewish wedding story. No, it's not. It's in Scripture. You see it right there. It's in John chapter 14. That's where he's gone. Since the cross, since he went to heaven, he's been preparing a place for us. If death doesn't take you there first, I guarantee you he's coming back to get you. I mean, you may be sitting at a football game on a Friday night, and all of a sudden the eastern sky can part. And here comes Jesus. Can you imagine popcorn and a Coke? I bet you drop it. I bet you drop it. And I bet that nacho cheese gets all over you when you see that. And can you imagine, can you just imagine for a second the thoughts of the people around you? Those that are saved, they're like, hallelujah. And those who said, oh, I got, I got plenty of time. I, I got plenty of time. And they look at you and go, dude, so that, man, 
like seriously, man, that's like real. Like that, that Bible stuff, that second coming, that Jesus rides in, that, that east sky part, that, man, that's, that, that's really true. Yeah, it, it is. Oh, gosh. I'm telling you right there, that is the sickest feeling you will ever have in your whole entire life. All the stuff that you put ahead of that now pales in comparison. All the things that you thought you had to do instead of going to church or getting saved or worshiping God becomes just secondary now. That is a real deal, man. He's coming back. The shofar will blow and the wedding party will come. Let me ask you, you ready for that? Ready. Seriously ready. And I'm not trying to scare you to to heaven right now. That's not what I'm trying to do. If a man can talk you into heaven, the enemy will talk you out. Jesus says that you get saved when the Spirit of God draws you. I'm just asking you to consider something. Are you ready for the bride's return? Because the bride's coming. Ready or not, here I come. Ready or not. Are you ready to meet the bride? If you're saved today, is your life been reordered? Is every single day of your life absolutely reordered because every day you know that his return could be possible and that you're getting yourself ready to meet him for the very first time. I I know people that have left for work and never came home. Never. Their intentions were. They were. But just like that, are you ready to meet him? Are you ready? Don't leave here today. Don't leave here if you're not ready. You can meet Jesus, and he'll change your life forever. You can become the bride of Christ. You can meet him. And when the shofar blows, it'll be good news, not, not, not sad news. If you know him, and you're a king's kid, and you are the bride of Christ, Get off the Twinkies and the Doritos and get in that word. Make yourself ready every day for the coming of the bridegroom. It's what you do when you get ready for your wedding. Let it be every day of your life today. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, Father, what a beautiful picture of you and us. What a beautiful picture of salvation. What a beautiful picture of us meeting you, you saving us, us following you in baptism, us getting ready for our wedding day, for the return of Christ, for the coming of Christ, for the coming of the King. God, I pray that we're ready for that, that we're spiritually ready as the bride of Christ. There's no question. There's no maybe. I don't know. I hope so. None of that. God, that we're ready. And God, if we know you, God, are we living a life anticipating your return? God, I pray this morning, during this invitation time, that we would respond to what you said to us, God. God, if we need to come this morning 
and meet you, Father, for the very first time, I pray that, that, that we would do that. Father, if we just need to kind of get things in order in our lives, God, that we, we can just testify and say, God, I'm not ready. I'm not living that way right now. I'm not, I'm not even taking care of my spiritual body at all. God, that we recommit to taking this thing serious because it is serious, God. God, if we need to come for prayer, God, there are people down here that want to that pray with us and agree with us and pray over us. And so, Father, during this time of invitation, Father, I pray your spirit moves us, Father, and that we're obedient to what you say. God, we love you. Be honored now during this invitation time in Christ's name.